section sixty nine of greece and rome this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the world's story volume four greece and rome edited by eva march tappan section sixty nine the fall of sejanus twenty seven a d by s baring gould in a d twenty seven the emperor tiberius withdrew to the island of caprii and left rome in the hands of sejanus his chief minister and trusted favourite never suspecting that this very man was secretly plotting to gain the throne himself the editor sejanus might flatter himself that he had but to put forth his hand to pluck the fruit which he had laboured to gain the empress livia was no more the julian house was desolate his enemies and opponents drusus the son of the emperor agrippina and her sons nero and drusus were swept aside the only representative of the julian house as yet untouched was caius caligula agrippina's youngest son then living under the care of his grandmother antonia and of the claudian house was tiberius gemellus the grandson of tiberius but he was a mere child the senate lavished honours on the favourite of the emperor coins were struck in spain bearing his effigy beside that of tiberius an altar was erected to friendship with the representations of tiberius and sejanus on it as neither the emperor nor his minister came to rome the senators the knights all solicitous of obtaining favours crowded to campania to obtain interviews with sejanus who was harder of access than his master this augmented his arrogance as long as sejanus remained in the presence of the prince at caprii it was impossible for any one to open the eyes of tiberius to the treachery of his favourite minister for he controlled every avenue by which access could be had to his master all the correspondence passed through his hands but the conditions were altered when sejanus went to rome sent there by tiberius but for what reasons we do not know a late authority perhaps for the purpose of drawing a lively picture describes the parting the emperor embraced and kissed him weeping and exclaimed that he felt as though he were losing a part of himself as yet no suspicion that sejanus could be unfaithful had entered the mind of tiberius if there had he would not have sent him to rome where he commanded the praetorian guard on reaching the capital the great vizier was received with abject respect his busts and portraits were everywhere exhibited side by side with those of the emperor and like sacrifices were offered before both men swore by the lucky star of sejanus as they did by that of tiberius two golden seats were placed side by side in the theatre one for the sovereign the other for his minister a decree of the senate invested both with the consulship for five years and required all future consuls to model their conduct on that of sejanus already in the society of the nobility tiberius was spoken of as the king of the isle and sejanus as his tutor crowds assembled before the palace of the favourite elbowing themselves into prominence fearful of not being noticed or of being noticed too late it flattered the son of the volsinian knight to see the proud nobles cringe before him and he observed their countenances attentively dio cassius says truly enough men born to honour do not set such store on outward demonstrations of respect 
and do not resent lack of respect towards their person so keenly as do new men because the former know well that their worth is properly appreciated by others he however who struts in borrowed plumes lays the greatest stress on outward demonstrations and holds as a galling slight any carelessness or neglect in the attribution of honour consequently people are more on their guard to show honour to new men than to aristocrats by birth for these latter consider it rather becoming in them to disregard an act of discourtesy whereas the former consider such as a challenge to be resented with all their might if the enemies of sejanus purpose to excite the jealousy of the prince by their exaggerated homage they gained in part their object the emperor who addressed him as his companion in the labours of government repeated his former order forbidding divine honours to be paid to himself or any other man but tiberius did not mistrust the minister he was vexed at the baseness of the roman nobility he had nominated sejanus as consul for the ensuing year and had finally yielded to his persuasion and consented to his betrothal to the princess julia if a god had declared how sudden and complete would be the transformation of affairs at this time says diocasius no one would have believed him on the last new year's day when all the sycophants in rome poured to the palace to offer their best wishes and presents to sejanus a bench gave way under those seated upon it and when the great man issued from his doors a cat ran across his path when he offered sacrifice on the capitol so dense was the mass of people there packed with a wave of his hand he signed to his attendants to take with his litter the traitor's way and the gemonian steps down which the bodies of criminals recently executed were cast and the bearers slipped and fell as they bore their master it was noticed that ravens croaked and fluttered above his head and perched on the roof of the prison on reaching home sejanus cast incense on the altar before an ancient statue of good fortune and so it was said afterwards the goddess turned her head from him sejanus had made himself too many enemies and enlisted in his cause too many confederates for his safety the moment he ceased to keep guard in person over the prince women had helped him in his crimes and women brought him to his punishment after sejanus had left caprii tiberius had sent for his grandson tiberius gemellus and for caius the youngest son of germanicus to be with him and divert him in his solitude antonia the grandmother of caius the daughter of the triumvir seized the opportunity to dispatch a letter to the emperor confided to the care of her most trusty servant pallas and in this letter she made tiberius aware of the cruel manner in which sejanus whom he had trusted had betrayed his interests and wrought the dishonour of some of his family but the letter told something more that sejanus had gone to rome to ripen his deeply laid schemes for a coup de main which would subvert tiberius and enthrone himself the scales fell from his eyes and the old man saw plainly at last how he had been deceived sejanus from the tenor of a letter received by the senate from the prince began to suspect that some forces were working secretly against his interest confident in his own powers of cajolery he resolved to return to caprii and meet these antagonistic influences and break them he asked permission to leave rome and revisit his master 
alleging as his reason that he had heard tidings that julia his betrothed was ill the desired permission was refused the prince said in reply that he himself proposed to come to rome which was true under the circumstances tiberius believed he could trust none but himself the position of the old emperor was as alarming as it was difficult he knew that a large party of the most influential families in rome were hostile to his government either because they clung to the phantom hope of a restoration of the republic or were attached to the cause of agrippina others he had reason to suspect were so involved with sejanus that they must stand by him at all costs sejanus was head of the praetorian guard and he had brought his men together to the number of ten thousand and established them in a permanent camp on the most salubrious portion of the heights which radiate into the esquiline viminal and pincian hills to what extent the soldiers were likely to obey their commanding officer against himself and their oath that tiberius could not conjecture he made out a new commission over the praetorians and gave it to macro an officer of his guard and dispatched him at once to rome tiberius wrote to the senate to say that he was very ill and that he had not long to live then sent tidings that he was better this was probably true he was thoroughly unhinged by the discovery of the treachery of sejanus and by his nervous terrors in one letter he praised sejanus and then dropped words of blame so that the favourite was himself perplexed and did not know what to make of these extraordinary communications his anxiety says dio cassius did not drive him into open rebellion nor indeed had he sufficient confidence to stake all on an appeal to arms every one in rome shared his uncertainty the result of these conflicting tidings every one hesitated whether to pay homage to or to shrink from sejanus it was expected one day that tiberius would be on his way to rome and the next that his death would be announced tiberius now dealt a master stroke he commended caius the youngest son of agrippina to the senate and the people as his successor he reckoned doubtless on the enthusiasm which this announcement would produce among a people who had still the greatest love for the memory of germanicus and the people received the decision of the emperor with tumultuous delight this was a fresh blow dealt sejanus who had reckoned on himself succeeding tiberius he felt instinctively that his chance of an appeal to the soldiers and to the people was cut away from him it was noticed that in the imperial orders the minister was named sejanus without any honourable prefix contrary to the former habit of tiberius but occasionally tokens of favour were shown sejanus was nominated along with caius to be priest in a college of which the emperor was himself a member and tiberius allowed the senate to confer on sejanus as it had formerly on germanicus the proconsular power bewildered by these contradictions in the behaviour of the prince cast from an extremity of hope to one of despair uncertain about himself and those who surrounded him sejanus let slip the opportunity of taking that decided and bold step which tiberius had dreaded the emperor had played with him as with a fish till he was ready to land him this craft was a necessity under the circumstances but on october seventeenth a d thirty one nivius sertorius macro arrived in rome late in the evening with his commission to supersede sejanus 
in the command of the praetorians still uncertain as to the result of an appeal to the soldiers tiberius had caused to be circulated a report that sejanus was about to have the tribunician authority granted him which was equivalent to his appointment to be regent along with himself all rome believed the tidings sejanus elated with pride considered that he had reached the last step but one to sovereignty his followers were filled with exultation and those who had lately hesitated to show him honour crowded about his doors to offer their tardy homage macro on his arrival in rome betook himself at once to the house of the new consul regulus known to be hostile to sejanus and summoned thither to meet him gricanus laco commander of the seven cohorts who acted as the night police of the capital and were lodged in barracks in the different quarters of the city to the consul and the commander of the cohorts macro communicated the emperor's private orders and prepared the requisite measures the decisive blow was to be struck next day a session of the senate was appointed to meet in the morning at the temple of apollo near the imperial palace on the palatine hill as macro was on his way thither at daybreak he encountered sejanus also on his way to the same point surrounded by a large retinue of servants clients and friends a suspicion of evil crossed the mind of the minister at the sight of macro whom he had supposed to be in caprii he asked him eagerly if he had come from the emperor with letters to him and was answered in the negative sejanus changed colour and halted macro noticed his alarm and drawing him aside whispered that he was the bearer of a dispatch to the senate relative to the tribunician authority for sejanus the minister in great delight hastened to the place of session with head erect and face beaming with expectation all present saw in his bearing a confirmation of the rumour that had reached their ears and starting from their seats pressed round him with their congratulations these he received with gracious condescension macro had not entered the senate-house as soon as he had seen the last flicker of the scarlet shoes of sejanus as he passed within he announced to the division of the guards sent to keep order and to the praetorians who had attended the minister that the command had been transferred to himself to the latter he promised a gratuity from the emperor and bade them withdraw to the camp they obeyed without demur then promptly and silently the police under laco surrounded the place of session when this measure was complete macro entered the temple and delivered the imperial order then retired before it had been opened in order to make the best of his way to the praetorian camp and secure the fidelity of the guards the scene that ensued was probably the most dramatic that had ever occurred in the senate as soon as the imperial messenger had left the assembly they proceeded to open and consider the letter it was long and verbose it began with comments on matters of no vital importance and then proceeded to blame sejanus but the words levelled against the minister were not written consecutively but were mixed up with remarks on other matters of public business then came a whole paragraph devoted to sejanus and a categorical demand for his impeachment on several grounds the letter concluded with requiring the arrest first of two senators closely allied to sejanus and then of the minister himself tiberius renewed his declaration that he proposed returning to rome and stated that 
as he was surrounded by enemies he required the attendance of one of the consuls for his protection the letter was written by the emperor in a tumult of nervous terrors and with his mind unhinged by loss of confidence in the last man to whom he had clung and in whom he had believed the reading of this letter struck not sejanus only but the whole senate as a bolt from heaven the consternation the bewilderment were general and the greater because the senators had just vied with each other in adulation of the man who was thus struck before their eyes those who sat nearest him rose in silence vacated their seats and placed themselves elsewhere and the praetors and the tribunes of the people stepped into the empty places to surround the doomed man and prevent his escape but the suddenness with which he had been hurled from the highest pinnacle into the abyss was too great to allow sejanus to exercise any presence of mind and decide on what was to be done he sat looking stonily before him unmoved the consul regulus rose from his seat and ordered him to stand up sejanus heard but did not comprehend what was said this was not due to pride says dio but to the fact that he was unaccustomed to obey the order was repeated and repeated a third time by the consul in louder tones and with upraised arm sejanus dost thou hear me he asked then as though roused from a trance the unhappy man replied what do you call me he slowly rose looking round for some one on whose shoulder to rest but saw laco captain of the police the sword unsheathed before him and knew he was already a prisoner and a lost man now ensued a scene of basest most cowardly recrimination from all sides rose hoots curses abuse the wildest expressions of pent-up jealousy hate and thirst for revenge and loudest of all yelled those who had crouched lowest but half an hour ago to kiss his hand those who had been his closest friends made themselves now most conspicuous as his enemies nevertheless the consul did not venture on an accusation of majestus as he could not calculate on the strength and determination of the party of sejanus in the senate they might combine in the danger that menaced all through their head he demanded a formal charge to be made on which he might proceed legally to arrest sejanus one senator rose and in a shrill voice above the tumult impeached the minister thereupon regulus at once ordered laco to remove his prisoner to the dulianum the capitoline prison the whole proceeding was precipitate so as not to allow the adherents of the fallen minister time to concert measures of resistance already tidings of what had taken place had spread like wildfire through the city and when sejanus came out between the guards on the descent of the via nova to the forum he could see that the entire space was filled with an agitated sea of heads his way led down the slope the dip in the hill under the porta mugianus past the temple of jupiter stator and the height now crowned with the convent and covered by the gardens of st sebastiano on reaching the bottom of the hill the road turned sharply to the left above the house of the vestals for a while hope flattered him a vestal virgin might come out of the doors meet him and thereby obtain his reprieve if not his pardon but none appeared as the crowd pressed on his guards spitting throwing earth cursing him sejanus endeavoured to cover his ghastly face with the fold of his purple-bordered mantle a rude hand tore it away another smote him in the face his ears were deafened with cries imprecations jeers at his recent elation reproaches for the violence the judicial murders he had wrought 
as he came out above the temple of castor and pollux he could see the crowds engaged in tearing down his statues and pounding them to pieces then he was led across the forum past the umbilicus the supposed centre of the world and the iron door of the prison closed on him hard by a few paces off stood the temple of concord with the splendid arcade of the capitoline tabularium rising high above it hither a few hours later the trembling senators came called together by the consul regulus to decree the death of the shivering man now lying in the cold bath of hercules a stone's throw distant not an arm had been lifted not a voice raised in defence of the fallen minister even the praetorians on whose fidelity to his person he had reckoned remained motionless the people had declared with one voice against him the senate hurriedly passed the necessary forms and sejanus was condemned to death a few minutes later the door of the tullianum was opened and down the gemonian steps was cast the corpse of the man who a few hours before had been the most dreaded and respected in rome hooks were driven into the still warm flesh and it was dragged about the city given up to insult by the people and not till the third day after the execution was the mangled and disfigured mass cast into the tiber end of section sixty nine this recording is in the public domain